0: What is up everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Sixers Sports Ethos podcast. I'm your host Adam Sherman and uh, as we near the end of the regular season, kind of the same storyline has been going on for the last couple of weeks and that is the race to the number 1 seed and the end of the regular season. Now with just four games left in their season, things are starting to shake out. We're seeing where the Sixers are going to fall in these standings and who they're going to play in the playoffs. Um The East is still super tightly packed at the top, so we can't know for sure. But um, I'm going to do a quick dive into, you know, matchups, the last couple games to start off, and just a little outlook for the playoffs. So just starting off, um, a potential outlook of a playoff series, potentially the Sixers playing Milwaukee at home, Joel Embiid versus Giannis, two MVP candidates matching up. And this was a great all-around game, but ultimately Milwaukee ends up stealing the win behind 40 points, 14 boards, and 6 assists along with a game-saving block from Giannis Antetokounmpo, who personally has risen to number one on my MVP charts. I'm sorry, Sixers fans. It's really tough because I love Joel and I think he deserves it. But with no voters bias, with no anything else, I think Giannis truly really deserves this award. Um, Jokic is talented as well, but I ultimately really think Giannis is just such a great player and he deserves it. Um, You know, Joel is right up there It's really close, but ultimately If Milwaukee finishes as a better team this season um, What Giannis has done This season is ridiculous So he kind of has the edge This game Almost solidified it I know the Sixers did beat the Bucks right before the All-Star break And Joel got the best of Giannis But Giannis bouncing back and having this great end of the season Propelling his team to a top seed He's so talented Great game from him Joel had a great game himself nonetheless, but ultimately this came down to Giannis being dominant. Um, The Sixers had a big, big lead in the first half. Um, Shocker there that they happened to blow that. Um, A big talking point in this one for me was that Doc left Joel and Harden on the bench with a, just a couple of minutes left in the third and the start of the fourth, when they really could have used um, you know, a guy to put that game away. No offense was uh, happening at all, but Doc made no adjustment, and they went on a huge run, brought it to four, and ultimately stole this game. Um, that's just an example of the Doc Rivers effect on this season and the effect he's had on the Sixers. Look, I mentioned before, I'll mention again, I love Doc Rivers. Um, he's a great guy. He's been a good coach in the past, but his management of games down the stretch might be the worst in nba history i've never seen a guy blow this many leads it's just consecutive every game you can turn on a sixers game and expect them to blow a 15 point lead if they're up 15 up 20 no sixers fan is confident that that game is won unless it's the late fourth quarter and that's a big problem especially for a postseason team that needs to be fixed um asap uh Harden and Joel in this one, though. 32 points for Harden, 29 for Embiid. That is an incredible one-two punch. 22 for Tobias also. So I mean, you do need your bench guys to step up, but this is just, uh, you know, seeing that this is Harden and Joel's game, keeping them in, getting them a little tired. It's a huge game. You play Detroit next game. You can rest them if need be, and that's actually where I'm going to go now because you'd think that this would be an easy win and you can rest them, but the Sixers ultimately dropped the game to Detroit Despite Joel Embiid's 37 points and 15 rebounds, this was a rough game to watch as a Sixers fan. You know, Pistons, not a good team. kid Cunningham is a talented player, finishing with 27 points on the day. But this is a game you have to win, especially at this point in the season, competing for a top uh, playoff spot. You know, whether you want the four, want the three, or want the one seed is a whole other debate I'll get into later. But you're playing to win every single game, obviously, at this point. And this loss was just brutal. Um, James Harden really struggled from the field, only scoring 18 points. Um, the post game was extremely interesting. Um, you know, the bench struggled significantly. They asked Doc about it, and he said, if anything, it's Harden's fault. And that's just the last answer you want to give because, one, Harden was just taking shots because no one else on the team would take shots. Everyone was missing. Just so happened that Harden was the one to take the shots. Two, you don't want to put the blame on any of your superstar players or any of your players, as a matter of fact. We saw what happened last time. Um, obviously, that was a weird situation, but just... Singling out James Harden for shooting the ball as one of the best scorers of all time is just not a good strategy, if you ask me. Especially after he scored thirty-two the night, uh, the game before, and the bench really did struggle. They did not play well at all. Doc trying to defend his bench, whatever. Okay, it's fine, but they played bad. Just, just you know, you can say that. You don't have to try to hide it, and you definitely don't need to scapegoat James Harden. Uh, I, I did not understand that. Really interesting strategy there. Um, Sixers, honestly, after this game, I was a little worried. Um, I was like, okay, I don't know how, how great this team is as a contender. I know it's just one game. It might be an overreaction, but dropping that game was brutal. That was a tough game to watch. One of the hardest games to watch of the season, especially after such a hard-fought loss against Milwaukee, hoping the Sixers would be energized to come back for a win. Joel looked like he was energized. The rest of the team, not so much. But, Coming back home to play the Hornets uh, at a twelve thirty start, and the Sixers sure looked energized in this one with a 30-point win, 29 points, 14 for Joel Embiid. Um, Joel, with these last couple of games at 37 uh, in that Detroit game, um, and the game he had against Cleveland, which I'll talk about in a second, has brought himself back into that um, scoring champion race. I'm not sure how great his MVP chances look now. Looks like Jokic and Giannis have taken those top two spots, but a scoring title for Joel would be really cool. Um, You know, just something nice to see for him. He's never really gotten um, any significant honor in the NBA. Obviously, he's been uh, an all-star starter, but, you know, yet to win MVP Defensive Player of the Year, even All-Star Captain. So something like this would just be great to see Joel get his name up there. And as I mentioned, that Cleveland game, surely is going to help him get his name up there scoring 44 points with 17 boards, 5 blocks. And this honestly might have been Joel's best game of the season. He was just purely dominant on both sides of the ball, um, protecting the paint. I mean, they were playing Moses Brown, uh, Evan Mobley out, Jared Allen out for Cleveland. But still just an unbelievable performance. Joel taking full advantage of that. James Harden with a triple-double of his own, 21-10-10. Um, ultimately, this game was closed, but the Sixers looked really good in this one. And, and they closed out the game very well. A great seal from Matisse, uh, dished to Tobias to seal the game. And, you know, whenever the Sixers can close out a game well, that is something that you just got to admire and appreciate because it happens very, very rarely. Um, real quick now, we can see the Sixers are fourth in the East, tied with Milwaukee Milwaukee record, a half game back from Boston, two and a half back from Miami. So, just want to take a quick look at this whole playoff picture. But before we do that, I just wanted to make sure to shout out our friends over at the Ethos Fantasy BK page on Twitter, it's the most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on the planet. Get all your NBA news, including news about your Sixers, in one Twitter feed. Not only is it the fastest source, but it's also the most reliable and provides analysis. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. And now let's jump in, as always, to this Eastern Conference standings. Miami has overtaken the one seed once again, uh, securing 51 wins, 51-28. Boston at 49-30 and 30, and Milwaukee and Philly at 48-30 apiece. Um, so yeah, it's really anyone's uh, one seed to get. Really, Miami looks like they could have it in the bag. Um, this could definitely be the way that the um, the standings do shape out. However, the Celtics do play Milwaukee one more time, meaning one of those teams obviously has to lose. Um, the Celtics also play Chicago and Memphis, so that's a really tough end of a season stretch. The Bucks play the Bulls, the C- Cleveland, and. The Celtics, so there's some tough games. And the Sixers, the easiest schedule out of all these teams fighting for that two-seed. Pacers, Raptors, kind of a tough team. Pacers and then Pistons hoping to get some revenge there. Um, The Heat have a pretty easy end of their season, so looks like the one-seed should be in the Heat's hands. But there's a very solid chance the Sixers end up with the two-seed. And that really scares me, considering the Nets are sitting there just waiting to get that 7th seed to play the Sixers in the first round. Um, We've heard that Ben Simmons most likely won't play for the play-in. I don't think that's going to matter. Kyrie and KD, I think, can lock up a few play-in games and get the wins. I really am confident they will be the 7th seed. Um, At very least, they'll be the 8th seed, which is um, still a very scary thought because the Sixers, I mean, they probably won't end with the one seed. But uh, the Sixers have a solid chance of playing them in the first round. And at this moment, I don't know how I feel about that. On one hand, you beat them in the first round. You have all the momentum. Uh, It's just Sixers fans are super hyped up. And that's probably the hardest matchup you have outside of maybe Boston or Milwaukee. I honestly think both those teams are scarier than Miami, which I've mentioned in the past. Um, on the other hand, you can get knocked out in the first round and it's just absolutely deflating, up for James Harden going all in, having to play as net squad round one instead of getting some momentum against a team like Toronto or Chicago or Cleveland who are all good teams, but teams that I'm very confident the Sixers would beat in a seven game series. Um, on the other hand, the Sixers would have home court advantage as a two seed all the way up into the Eastern Conference Finals if Miami were to meet them there, um, or they would have home court depending, um. But yeah, nonetheless, I I personally don't have a preference, which sounds weird because obviously, like, okay, you want, like, them somewhere, you want them in the 2C, you want them 3, you want them 4, I just don't know how this Nets Eastern Conference is going to shake out. Um, I would say I want the highest possible standing because, you know, obviously, but I do think that the Nets will end up in that 7 seed. So, as a Sixers fan, if if we're not getting 1st seed, um, 3rd seed might be a better option, Um, As a three seed, you are going to end up playing a team like, um, you know, same idea of Chicago, Toronto, Cleveland, which is a nice first round matchup. You get that three seed. Um, You might end up playing Brooklyn in the second round if they knock off the two seed, but that's going to be a tough series for whoever plays them because either Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, or Philly is going to end up playing Uh, the Nets in the first round, and that is absolutely insane to think that one of those five teams is not making it out of the first round. In my eyes, they're all legitimate contenders for a championship, Um, so the fact that one of those teams can't make it out of the first round shows how stacked the East is, Um, and looking into this Eastern Conference playoff race, one really important thing the Sixers are going to have to pay attention to is their rotation. Um, You know, all these Eastern teams, uh, except for Miami, their centers are almost the worst part of their team when you look... uh, boston robert williams is a solid player but he's injured he might not be ready um milwaukee's got brooke lopez who had a great game against the sixers but not a focal point of their team miami's got bam who obviously is incredible and the nets got drummond so you know the sixers backup center problem as much of an issue as it is these teams aren't super deep at that position either uh well milwaukee actually has some depth um with serge Ibaka and bobby portis but they're going to have to look seriously into who's playing these backup center minutes. And before I get into all that, this is a really hot topic right now on Sixers Twitter, on Sixers social media, everywhere. Um, I just wanted to take a quick second to talk about our partner here at Sports Ethos, which is Thrive Fantasy. Everyone go prop up with Thrive on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ethos at sign up for a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to $100 plus either 2-4 to four free game tickets to play. Player props on the biggest names every night, score points when props hit, and players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. Also, check out the Sports Ethos DFS team and pod for advice. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. And now to get into the hot topic of the Backup Center debate, DeAndre Jordan, Paul Reed, Charles Bassey. Three names, none of them sexy, none of them great. Uh, one of them is probably going to have to play the minutes. I think Paul Millsap's kind of out of the equation at this point. Um, my opinion on this changes nearly every day um, between Paul Reed and uh, Charles Bassey. I don't think DeAndre Jordan should be playing the minutes. But nonetheless, right now, I am on the Charles Bassey train after his 37.21 performance in the G League. Yes, I know it's the G League. Yes, I know uh, B Ball Paul literally won G League MVP um, a season ago. But Bassie's looked a little undisciplined at times when he did play for the Sixers, but he looks super athletic. He has a high motor. Um, he's a guy that can match up against most other centers. He has the frame. Uh, so can DeAndre. But, you know, we've seen what DeAndre does. He does not defend the paint. Um, and I'm going to sound like a broken record for all Sixers fans, but it really seems like Doc is just choosing um, DJ because, you know, he coached him for so many years and he knows what he's getting. But I don't know if he really does know what he's getting. Because this is not DeAndre Jordan that um, made all NBA teams. This is DeAndre Jordan who is letting up like 70% around the rim. And look, I like the signing when it happened. I don't fault them for trying it. But at this point, once you realize that DeAndre Jordan is the player he was in the Lakers and does not deserve playing time, you cut your losses and you sit him on the bench to be a veteran presence. Um, you don't try to force it. It happened with Paul Millsap. We played him. We saw how he played. Didn't go great. So now Paul Millsap doesn't get minutes anymore. That's how it should be. But it seems like Doc is really favoring DJ because of his previous relationship with him. And uh, yeah, it looks, it's looks it been hurting the Sixers really badly down the stretch of some games. When Joel and B comes out of the game, obviously the scoring is going to hurt you. But we should at least have a guy that can hold down the paint decently when centers are just getting to the rim free range. Um, right when Joel comes out of the game, there's a problem and there seems to be no adjustment being made of any kind. However, I think aside from that center position, the the rest of the rotation seems to be pretty much figured out. Um, Danny Green has been playing some good basketballs of late. Uh, the best he's played probably all season. Not that that's saying that much. George Niang, obviously our best bench player this season. Um, Shake Milton has been getting a couple minutes. Um, still been a little inconsistent, but I think Shake has earned his minutes. Uh, Furcon has been on again, off again, getting minutes. But I think that rotation is really going to be shortened to about eight or nine in the playoffs Um, starting five Niang, Danny and that backup center and maybe a little bit of shake depending on the matchups and if we need shooting and whatever, maybe bring in Ferk if we really need it. But I think that's just the way it's going to go. Um, my thoughts for this playoffs are up in the air. I really have no clue. Could the Sixers win a championship? Sure, they're talented enough. Could they lose in the first round? Sure, they're that kind of team. And it's just really scary. I think every single game is going to keep you on your toes. And seeing how they start the playoffs is going to be a really big indicator. For me, if they come out against whoever they play, and um, I like just say they end up playing Toronto or Cleveland, um, if they come out super aggressive um, playing like they did against the Wizards last year, I'll be very confident because this team is much more talented, I think, than last year's team. Um, but if they come out looking cocky, uh, you know, James Harden has always been uh, ridiculed for his playoff performances. He's had some great series, had some great playoffs, but that lack of championships obviously is going to hurt his legacy. Um, really quick before we sign off, I just wanted to remind everyone to use code hoopball 20 at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Also, check out our pals over at mybookie.ag and use code hoopall on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses. And final thoughts, um, next episode will probably be um, after the regular season, so the Sixers will know their position, will know who they're... Well, we might not know who they're playing, depending on the play-in situation, but there's a solid chance that we know who our first-round matchup will be. It's very exciting. Looking forward to it. Hopefully we can end the season really strong, keep some good momentum going into the playoffs, and uh, watch this team that Sixers fans have been waiting for forever do their thing and take on a stacked Eastern Conference and come out on top. So thank you guys, as always, for listening, and keep trusting that process.